0: This is our bean clean
1: that shit we do like, a podcast about, well, it's in the name. In this episode, we'll be discussing some of our favorite old school monster babies, King Kong and Godzilla.
0: When we say old school, we mean it. The Kong and Godzilla franchises have a combined 48 films spanning from 1933 to present day. So to keep it cute, we're going to talk about the latest films post-2010, Legendary Pictures, Interconnected Monsterverse. Clearly, this batch of films has a Marvel to Creature Feature pipeline, in Godzilla, we have Wanda and Pietro, a.k.a. Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor-Johnson playing married couple L and Lieutenant Ford Brody alongside Brian Cranston as Joe Brody and Ken Watanabe as Dr. Ishiro Serizawa.
1: Not to be beat, Kong Skull Island stars Brie Larson as Mason Weaver, Tom Hiddleston as Captain James Conrad, and Samuel L. Jackson as Preston Packard. You know, just Captain Marvel, Loki, and Nick Fury. King of Monsters censors on Madison Russell, played by Millie Bobby Brown, and her parents, Drs. Emma and Mark Russell, played by Vera Farmiga, who also appears in Hawkeye, and Kyle Chandler. Godzilla vs. Kong as Rebecca Hall and Dr. Eileen Andrews. Alexander Skarsgård as Nathan Lynn. Brian Tyree Henry as Bernie Hayes. Julian Dennison as Josh Valentine. And newcomer Kaylee Hoddle as Gia.
0: Godzilla is the first film in the MonsterVerse by release order, but second to Kong, Skull Island, in timeline order. In the film, a massive unidentified terrestrial organism, aka Muto, hatches and burrows into the Janjira nuclear plant in Japan, causing the plant to collapse from underneath, killing Sandra Brody, Ford's mom, and several other workers. It then cocoons there, absorbing all the radiation. When it hatches 15 years later, it begins to look for the queen so it can reproduce, carrying violence along with it. The threat to Earth awakens the thick boy who follows the Muda. And in that
1: one, we have Fort Brody following Godzilla kind of accidentally um, and trying to get back to his wife, a.k.a. sister, depending on what movie you're thinking of. And it's pretty much consistently just violence. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the moodle comes up. He causes problems. For brody cannot get to where he got to go, so he got to fight to get home. It's like literally him just constantly joining battles so he can get to his destination. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the whole premise, really. It's just like, damn, I just want (laughs) to fly to San Francisco to see my wife and child. And then him being like, damn, here goes one of these big-ass monsters. I got to fight him. That's the whole entire premise yeah that is literally that's a whole entire <laughs> premise and we forgot to say up top we already recorded this episode but it was like we just had a lot of technical difficulties it was a lot so we giving you a little bit condensed version of <laughs> our like <laughs> recap parts but i thought it was important to add that this man is just literally just trying to get to his house and like he keeps having that like join the fight like he's in the military he knows how to, like, defuse bombs. That's, like, his role. And so it keeps working out because, of course, the military wants to blow these big monsters up. And so he's just constantly like, oh, I know how to blow things up. Let me ride with you. And that's just pretty much how he gets <laughs> home. That's how he gets home. And I just thought it was important that y'all know because I love Aaron Taylor Johnson, despite the fact that I feel like he just kept being there. It was, it was, Mary, <laughs> he was Mary Sue and he was, like, very... Conveniently able to do everything that was necessary in the immediate moment, yeah. and so I thought that was fun. And this is this is the first movie in the MonsterVerse, and it's the first time we see any of the kaiju. So we this is the introduction to the, this world, and um, Godzilla takes on a muto, which is like a big flea type thing. I don't even know. It's it's very interesting looking. And, like, they fight in San Francisco. They basically, I mean, you know, they fuck San Francisco up because they're big. I don't
0: know.
1: Right. (laughs) So, like, this is our first kind of this world concept of, like, the Titans is what they're called. And so, everything from this point on will be, uh, like, everything is referenced by everything else. This is actually a connected series. So, like, when we're talking about the next few Godzilla movies, they all take place in linear order except for Cone Skull Island which is technically a prequel because it takes place in the 70s. So I wanted to drop that like context because I'm not going to reference or I might reference stuff from earlier Godzilla's. When we talk about later Godzilla's but I'm not going to explain it because it happened. You either <laughs> saw the movies or you're going to watch them after this. I don't know but if I, if it happens just know that I, like I in my mind all of this is one connected story so I might jump back and forth between <laughs> which Godzilla <laughs> I'm talking about specifically but They are all connected, so it's the same story regardless. So yeah, that's kind of the basic rundown for that film. So, like I said, Cone Skull Island takes place in 1973, during the Cold War. William Randall, who is John Goodman, and Monarch convince the government to go on a survey mission to a newly discovered, hidden, hard-to-reach island, Skull Island. So, of course, that means the military comes along, and that's where we get um, Packard and his team. Um, We get a photographer, Mason. So, you know, she can get the pictures, you know, get the receipts so they can be like, look what we found. Um, They also get a tracker, Conrad, because, you know, it's a jungle. They need to find things. I don't really know, to be clear, why these people are here. (laughs) But I do love them as people. So I was like, that's fine. We can have very attractive people be here for literally no reason. That's great for me. Um, And so (laughs) when they get there, they like, they fly in on choppers. They just start dropping bombs right off the bat. They get beat up by Kong because, like, you are dropping bombs at his house, and then they pre- pretty much have to like fight to survive. But they're also like on an uncharted island that they've never been to. That like other human, well, other humans have been there. There is an indigenous like culture there, um, that have been there for centuries because I guess they somehow got swooped up in there. Um, <laughs> and they pretty like <laughs> it's pretty much them trying to survive. The bombs, because they were trying to prove that, you know, the hollow earth theory, because at this point in the storyline, the hollow earth is, uh, theoretical. They believe like there are tunnels interconnected. That is how like Titans are able to move about without being detected because they are massive. Um, and so this, this is earlier on. So they're trying to prove it. They're like, Oh, the hollow earth, you know, like once you get past a couple layers in there, it's just, it ain't nothing, which is like fine. Um. And so, like, when they dropped the bombs, though, they woke up some of them hollow earth demons. And the skull callers come out here. They start killing everybody. They taking people out. And, uh, (laughs) you know, Kong, like, damn, now I got to fight these folks because y'all had to come up in here waking waking them up. They was out there asleep. I had already took out everybody. And now, you know, woke them up. So I got to fight them again. So Kong, obviously, kind of like Godzilla, is, like, there for the protection of the ecosystem and for his people. I say Kong is also protecting his people, which includes that indigenous tribe. um, Because he has a relationship with, like, them. Like, it's not just like, oh, you know, I feel like he he is very clear. Like, they are behind this little fence. This is a safe place. I gotta make sure nothing crosses that that can cause them harm. So that is one thing that, you know, they do in that film. They make a point to say that, like, uh, Kong is a baby, or like a very young, um, He's very young. For his species, he's very small. He's not at his full growth potential yet. Um, which is a great established thing to establish because we already know at this point that there is going to eventually be a crossover. And we're like, there is no single way that this little man's is gonna fight that man's and it's gonna be a fair fight because Godzilla is taller than the tallest buildings in San Francisco. <laughs> so it ain't mathing. Uh, but they do do a good job of, like, establishing, like, yeah, he's still growing, so he will be bigger uh, by the time we see him next. <laughs> and also just, like, you know, giving giving us giving us reasons to be, like, okay, excited, because, like, oh, we're going to be bigger. What are going to be doing next time? So that's that film, and that is technically, it's the second film, or is it the third one? It might came out after. I think it's the second film. It's the second film in the series, but the first in timeline order. So they don't know about Godzilla yet technically like in this story i mean i guess randa does because the reason he does the whole mission is like oh when i was a young person in the military some big monster came and fucked us all up and (laughs) i wanted to prove that that was a real thing so that's why i even joined monarch and started monarch and started looking for these like clues for these monsters which is like they do not spend a lot of time on this and i feel like they could like that could be a story in itself that could be a movie in itself it doesn't need to be but it could be um, So that is pretty much Skull Island and just introducing us to that chunky boy, Arga Homeboy Kong.
0: Hold up. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, picks up a few years after Godzilla and the Mudos took San Francisco out. Emma Russell, Vera Farminga, takes her daughter Madison and joins up with some eco-terrorists to unleash the kaiju for world peace or some shit. Which is wild because... <laughs> Her villain origin story is actually Godzilla 1. Anyways, her ex-husband, Mark, and Monarch have to stop her and stop all these damn monsters and then save Godzilla after they blew his ass up so he can stop Ghidorah, the three-headed hope. Like, Monarch.
1: Well, Monarch is just be there. They just be vibing. I don't know what Monarch does between <laughs> between the monster fights. Like I guess they just monitor the monsters and like, oh, they yes. like, they just they out um, here the life. And so, like, pretty. yeah, like you said, Godzilla One is her villain origin story, but it is still very unclear what is happening because, like in in Godzilla One, obviously, just because these are massive creatures, there's a lot of collateral damage, even if he's fighting on behalf of like Earth or humanity or whatever you know y'all taking our houses y'all taking our whole buildings it's happening so she has two kids one of them is uh madison who is millie bobby brown and the other one is a she has a son he dies in that movie so that's why i heard her husband are divorced and mm-hmm. that's apparently why she like just like you know we gotta put this energy toward i don't know figuring out what these titans want i do not. It, it i think
0: not is um, isn't their mission like we need to bring the kaiju out so they can tear everything up and we can start from scratch.
1: see What happens is that like she gives this little manifesto. She gives this speech after she done fucked up. is the thing. So <laughs> I'm not sure because like they have a machine that basically mimics or creates the alpha call that like Godzilla has because he's the alpha on Earth, and then they use it to unleash or awaken. Monster Zero is what it's called. So, I guess the first one they discovered.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's Ghidorah. And Ghidorah, they, we learned, is actually not from Earth. Therefore, he doesn't fall into the natural order. So, it, he's actually um, like an equal to Godzilla in terms of like being an alpha. So, like, he's out here, like, well, now I'm out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. I'm making up other monsters. I'm about to wreck shit. Because he does not, like, he's not, he don't care about don't care the about hierarchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the thing about it is, is when. They use the machine to wake him up. I think her thought is like, he wakes up, they like, the monster, like, we control where the monsters go, what they do. Like, I think that was the intention. Yeah. The machine does control the monster to an extent, because when they first use it, Ghidorah is aiming specifically at monarch people. They are not coming at the terrorists. But then, because Madison is like, oh, damn, my mom is like a legit ass killer out here. Like, Ghidorah is fucking these folks up. Right. And so she stops the machine, and that's what makes Ghidorah, like, snap out of it. Like, oh, I'm not being in control, am I? That's wild. No, nah, hell no. Nah. <laughs> so Ghidorah starts trying to come at the terrorists, and that's basically when they unleash Ghidorah.
0: Yeah.
1: And so she, when she's finally talking to her husband Mark and Monarch and them, she's like, you know, everywhere the Titans went, you know, there was a lot of growth and all this stuff because, you know, they are very, <laughs> like, they have radiation, yeah. which, you know, after a lot of nuclear fallout and stuff, like, after all the radiation disperses. There is a lot of growth and stuff. Like we can, we know that. But like, it would happen in a much more rapid pace because of how much co- concentrated, yeah, radiation there was where these monsters were at. So like, logically, I'm like, okay. In my mind, I think she was pro- probably thinking like, oh, we're gonna just drop them, you know, send them to places that have been damaged, <laughs> so not fully developed cities. Like, I don't think that was her plan. I yeah. think that once. It went off the rails she was so fully committed she had already made the decision and she had already fucked up by that point so she was like yeah whatever wherever they go they gonna ruin it and then it's gonna grow back whatever like i think she obviously just was like it, it happened we're here now this is where we're at now yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna go with it so i think that's what actually happened there because i was like this is a real dumbass plan but i was like you know what she had already messed up they already lost the plot by that point so she was just like i'm gonna I'm going to say it with my chest. I'm going to keep that energy. Even the dude, the Lannister dude, (laughs) like actual eco-terrorist that she, he's like, I mean, this wasn't what we thought, but hey. My answer the same. <laughs> what I want out of it happens regardless. Yeah. Because he don't care about people dying. He wasn't he was never caring about cities being ruined. She was, apparently.
0: Yeah. But
1: like she turned she was like, you know what? Actually it's fine if a yeah. couple of cities get trampled.
0: There probably was some belief there too that like one of these monsters can take out Godzilla because that's who Killed her son, technically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, it's like I said, I think it's A, it's unclear. It's a vibe. In general, it's a trauma based response, so it ain't gonna make sense even if there is a logic to it because it's it's, she's operating from a place of like not fully thinking it through. But it's just also one of the things I'm like, y'all just needed to have a reason to let all these monsters out. And I get it because I wanted to, that's why I came to see this damn movie. I wanted <laughs> to see them. Now, y'all gotta explain why they have not been out this whole time. And I get that. So, functionally, I understand why they had to make a reason to wake these creatures up, right? But it also, just like, y'all could've, I think y'all could've workshopped it. <laughs> like, I think y'all could've workshopped it a little more. So that was, uh, I mean, that's pretty much the whole thing. I will say, King of the Monsters gives us, like, several of the classic ones. So we get, obviously, Ghidorah, which is the three-headed bitch who, head <laughs> be growing back. Who does that? Right. Like, damn! And you know, Godzilla favorite move, is the old snap like to just break your jaw shit like just grab right. you Rock. break yeah. you in half type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it don't work when the head grow back i'm like i'm trying to snap your neck. you know i can't do it so it's very like he had to really be like i gotta come at this like i got a problem solve to get this, <laughs> this, this handle we also get mothra we get rodan yep. so like we get those classic godzilla monsters and because of the way the alpha signal situation works, it's like they emerge and they're, they are loyal to Ghidorah because in that moment, Ghidorah is the alpha. Yeah. So once they, I like, honestly, I cannot, the specifics are like a right now, but I believe that they use the signal to interrupt Ghidorah's signal. You know, once Miss Ma'am figures out like, oh, this is probably a horrible idea. And like, my daughter is crying, <laughs> whatever. Like, Ma'am, please, <laughs> therapy should be the first step after you are finished with this. <laughs> like once they interrupt that signal then we have it we're like hey, it's a more even fight because it's just Godzilla and Ghidorah and Ghidorah don't have a whole squad and then Mothra's like let me go glow over here and help you out because clearly this man with the three head is a problematic for all of us and so it's a cute thing I love that we get all the like classic monsters or not all of them but like more of the ones that we've seen in like the real old yeah. Godzilla movies so I love that and it goes into like obviously Godzilla wins because it's Godzilla, and we we root for Godzilla, we fuck for Godzilla. So that goes into um directly into Godzilla versus Kong, and so that's when they you know we finally get the the meetup. Yeah. By this point in the story, Godzilla has saved humanity twice, right? Like Godzilla has been on the side of good twice. So like people trust Godzilla. They like we love Godzilla, Godzilla the homie, whatever. Godzilla randomly like pops up out the ocean and goes to the apex. Cybernetics facility and like you know wrecked it everybody's like why would he do that like he's attacking humans now now me being a person that has sense um i'm like (laughs) clearly they doing something at this lab for him to be like offended by like hurt by because like he went past things to go straight to this place to attack this one place and then leave like he didn't like it wasn't (laughs) like a rampage through the city he said i'm about to beat your ass specifically so the fact that people was already like why would he do such a thing a it's called apex cybernetics i'm like they probably trying to feel something to hurt him right that's probably what he's thinking and that's what my logic brain is thinking but no people are like why would he do such a thing so that's how it starts separately they are both getting their povs kong has been on skull island now i mean humans have set up like a whole outpost to like study him or whatever but he has basically outgrown the enclosure in is skull island so he is huge he's like i'm tired it's very small here i need space apex sends Ren Sarazala, who is not the Sarazawa of the previous movies related. <laughs> they always have to have the one Sarazawa. They have that their Asian representation. Yes. In these films, You're are the Sarazawas. In the previous film, we forgot to say because you know the military blows up Godzilla because they like, oh, this is how we take out the Titans. Like we have a bomb. And they're like, they love bombs. If you, the first movie, they also were like, you know what we should do? Pete. We should blow these things up. This is the only, only plan the military hasn't every single one of these movies <laughs> like you know what we should do yeah blow them up it actually works, kind of because they blow up godzilla but godora fly his ass on the way so <laughs> i, mean, or I think it was that rodan I, I can't remember if that was Rodan. no it was godora because that's when we discover my man got the multiple head i mean the head regrowth situation i believe either way they blow up godzilla Then realize like godzilla's the only one who can actually do anything so they gotta basic long story short they gotta send out like blow some else up <laughs> to create <laughs> radiation to like so that guys are looking to absorb it but obviously somebody has to you know set off the bomb But you can't like whatever it's Sarazawa. it's Ken Watanabe they just send him down there to die I don't appreciate it it was stupid so going back we have a different Sarazawa. he works for Apex cybernetics he goes to get Alexander Skarsgård who is um I don't know that man name, Dr. Nathan Land I believe um Correct. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we're, um, you know, we're looking for the hollow earth. We need, we want to get to the hollow earth and your theory about how it works is like the most like logical theory. And we have, you know, craft that can traverse that weird wormhole shit. And um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but we need, we, we don't know where to go because it's, you know, it's earth, it's huge. And, you know, land is like, oh, I might know somebody. So land goes to Skull Island and it's like. Eileen, go home, girl. Let's get this uh, get this big ape homeboy. Have him lead us to the hollow earth because that's probably where he's from. And his animal instinct is going to kick in. It's going to drive him toward where he's from, and then we can follow him. Which is like, look, it's not a bad idea. And he's also too big for Skull Island, so it's like a win-win technically. It's like he gets off the island, hopefully goes back to where he's from, and maybe finds his people. Whatever the situation. Is. But obviously they're doing it for nefarious purposes, because of mm-hmm. course they are. Which to be clear, Lynn is not. He just and he just decided to be there. Um, yeah. but Sarazawa is working for Apex. So mind you, <laughs> Apex is Godzilla just swung on. So that's where we at with that.
0: Lynn was just so, trying to chase the Chibata, honestly. Right.
1: He was like <laughs> and like he was a not disgrace theorist, but he was like like a crackpot. Like they thought he was like like what the this is not how that works so it was like an opportunity for him to prove his like his whole entire scientific you know thesis and also I think he had like a brother like they the problem is they make this important but it's not like he has a brother that dies and I believe he dies in kind of pursuit of proving this theory so it's like it's important for him but they just like we need a handsome man we need a handsome man to be in these streets and that's what they landed on (laughs) so in Skull Island there is an indigenous. Culture that is there, they are the first, you know, like humans there, so they are indigenous. By the time, several decades later, we meet them in GBK. Apparently, there was some kind of natural disaster that wiped out all the people in that culture. Like that whole people was wiped out, except one little girl survived. Her name is Gia, and she's deaf, and so she speaks. You know, she uses sign language. We gonna look. Y'all going to not be killing all the people of color. It's not all the people of color, but it's like all the people... I mean, there's a lot of black people and like Latino people and Asian people in the periphery and in the background. But y'all don't center none of them. And then you kill off that whole indigenous culture. It's very very problematic. But they have the one surviving person, which is Gia. She's like 12. I don't know how she's very young. (laughs) And she speaks Thai language. So like, anyway. They get Kong onto the boat. He about to take them to the hollow earth. But while he on that boat, my convoy, Godzilla, because Godzilla was on his way, you know, he was going after whatever was going on with Apex. But he took a quick little detour to throw them hands. He went. (laughs) (laughs) He found the convoy that, you know, had the boat, had the ship with Kong on it. And just, when I say it was on sight. Be his ass. Baby, it was on sight. It wasn't no talking. It wasn't no thinking. It was like what, just swinging on him straight off the bat. So obviously, because Human Kong is like tied up, he is not on this boat living free. He is in shackles. He's getting beat the fuck up. They like let him give him free so he can defend himself, aka also defend us because we on this boat. (laughs) Free
0: my nigga Kong,
1: right? Like we gotta help him help us. So like you know they let him out, and it's a cute little fight. And he holds his own, even though, you know, this is Godzilla territory because Godzilla is aquatic. He can be up in the water. I don't know what his lung situation is because he don't have gills, to my knowledge. But he can be up in the water for an extended period of time. So he up in there. He beating up Kong. Kong his on as well as he can. But he can, you know, he can, he, they, he can drown. Like, he's going to die. But, uh, you know, they do their favorite thing. What's their favorite thing they do? Blow some shit up. They blow something up. Your textile is at work. It's shaking Godzilla off long enough. And then like cone hop back on the boat. He like pass out. They cut all their lights off. But act like, yeah, we're like, we're dead in the water. Like we're not a threat. And Godzilla leaves. Even though like he like, I I definitely can see y'all. <laughs> like, I definitely know y'all ain't dead. But I'm gonna let y'all have it. Because I got shit to do. I really was on my way. So he's he on his way. But now come man. come back. I just came out here. I'm on the boat. Man swinging on me. Who is this man? So he got a he got a bone to pick. He got a grudge. They get they finally get to the hole that leads to the hollow earth. They have my good homegirl Gia, kind of softly lied to my good homeboy Kong with the sign language. Be like, yeah, your family might be down there now. She know that is it's not likely. Like she ain't lying, but she don't believe it. They're like, well, we don't know. So. Kong, no, though. Kong trusts to you. So he like, all right, we going we gonna to go up in there. So he starts swinging through the little, the little tunnel. And they follow him in their little craft. And they go to the hollow earth. They go through the wormhole thingamabob and do a little inversion, like a gravity inversion. So first they were going down, but then they were going up. It was a whole thing. And <laughs> it was like a hole under, not even under earth, whatever, like an interior earth ecosystem with like its own trees and its own sky and waterfalls and all that it was really pretty and I love me I love me an interior like world that's one of my favorite science fiction fantasy kind of tropes so I was with it as like to me it's so many things we just do, do not know about <laughs> our planet in real life like it's so many things that we physically do not have the ability to observe because of how like the ocean is extremely deep. We cannot survive past a certain point. There's a lot of ocean we have not explored. We don't know what the hell is going on down here. The earth. We theorize what the earth is like because we have to use the knowledge from what we can observe, but it's a lot of stuff we can't observe. So I love that they go down there up in the hollow earth. Kong finds like the throne room, because like his people was clearly running that joint. <laughs> we was king. <gay. laughs> <laughs> And, like, he, he sits on the throne. He, like, lean into it. I'm, like, oh, you feeling real comfortable. And I love that for you. I love that for you. And he finds, like, a battle axe. Okay. And he's, like, this is my new weapon. I'm about to take this weapon. And I'm about to beat that dinosaur ass. So he, like, charges up the weapon with this, like, it's an energy that's only found in the hollow earth. That's also why Sarah Zara even sent a team down there. Because they wanted that energy. They get the energy. They Wi-Fi send the shit up to the surface. This is where the science gets extremely flimsy. They just send that energy on up. Come to find out, Apex Cybernetics built them a Mecha Godzilla, which in and of itself ain't the worst thing. Like, oh, okay, a human controlled kaiju that can help fight kaiju. I'm with it. I'm not gonna argue with it. Here's the rock. they went and stole. <laughs> like they took some. They took some lessons from Pacific Rim and Drifting. They are using the brain. Of one of Ghidorah's heads. Right? They're using one of Ghidorah's heads. And like they basically made a control panel with Ghidorah's like brain. Sarazawa is the one that had been doing all of the testing and stuff and like fighting with Mega Godzilla. But when they got that little juice, that little hollow earth energy, baby, it charged that head up. The head killed Sarazawa. So that's two Sarazawa's we didn't seen get killed in two films. Okay. <laughs> killed him. And then now Ghidorah is controlling Mega Godzilla body. Bitch, it's a lot. It's, so much happens in this movie. They do a <laughs> lot. And so, what's wild about it too, though, is because like, Godzilla, like, we don't know at this point, we don't know what Godzilla doing. He just run around, seem like he's seemingly randomly attacking stuff. But like, at some point, when he goes to Hong Kong, he like, uses his atomic breath and he just shoots it straight down and bur- like, makes a hole straight to the hollow earth. Whatever. This is fine science typically wise sure so he makes a hole straight to the hollow earth which i assume he is just trying to like because the facility where they build build building mega godzilla is underground so i'm like oh he's just trying to make sure he get to it but it's just so powerful it goes all the way to the hollow earth kong is like oh they're gonna perfectly good hole. i can run up to get out of here takes his battle axe runs up the hole and emerges out of the hole and starts fighting Godzilla. So they having a fight in Hong Kong. And by this point, again, this is like the third movie in like present the day. They they already now and stuff and they have alarms and play. Like, we got the big monsters. Everybody, you know, locked down. And so people are like, all right, let's go to our shelters. And yeah, so they having them a fight. And you know, my little homie Kong said, I got to ask now, baby. And so he does take it. He does take that win. He does take it. But what had happened was Godzilla does not like he gets a second win, like he thrives, he thrives in a comeback. So he comes back and he obviously he beats Kong up. Kong laid out, that man's out. Right? Once Kong is taken care of, make a Godzilla start some shit. Make a Godzilla like, oh, I'm about to beat your ass. So now, Godzilla, who was already kind of worn down because he didn't have to fight Kong, he got to fight this damn robot.
0: <laughs> mm. And the robot
1: is giving him that work, <laughs> like, it's not, it's not looking good for OG Godzilla. Mechagodzilla has got the hands because it's, you know, mechanized. It don't get tired, really, you know? And it got the spirit of Ghidorah. That motherfucker's mad. It got revenge on the brain. That's what's so wild about it. Ghidorah <laughs> said, oh, no, not you. Yeah, you dying for sure. <laughs> I knew that sure. ain't who I think it is. I like, is that who I think it is? <laughs> no. And he's about to get all this. And Ghidorah know how to use that damn machine. Like, he know all the little tricks. He like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. Whatever. Again, we gonna let him have it. Because I don't know why he would have a concept of, like, using the weapons, But whatever. So, on, lay it out. And Gia, because she has, like, she cannot hear, but she can hear in her way. Um, And she can, like, hear that his heart, like, the, I guess it's a vibration. So, like, she could tell his heart is slowing down. He's about to die. So, they use one of these little crafts that have, like, really a lot of energy. And they, like, jumpstart his heart. They give him all old clear. Jumpstart his heart. He wake up on that shit. Like, he's like, wait, am about the fuck? Godzilla, off, like, cause he mad. He woke up like, I'm about to kill this man. But Gia's like, bruh, look at this fight. Fight the metal one. like, <laughs> The other one. Help the one you was just fighting with. He's like, oh, alright, yeah, I guess. So, he go in, he help Godzilla. They go take, make a Godzilla on. But what's great about it, my favorite thing about this movie in general, is that every fight that Godzilla and Kong have informs the next fight they have. So, like, the very first fight, Kong, like, alright, I'll see what he about. So, the second fight, he didn't give Godzilla opportunity to do things that he knew Godzilla would do based on what he learned from the first fight. Then the third fight, well, the second fight and third fight were, like, the same fight, but it's like, after a little pause. Like, oh, you got beat up, but I came back. Mm. But either way, all of their fights informed their next fight. So, by the time they get to double teaming, they know each other's moves, they know each other's, like, they understand how each other's kind of, like, powers work. So, while they like giving him the boop out, and now you know the axe, you know, really hurt Godzilla. So he's like, Oh shit, I got you. Let me charge up your axe. So he uses atomic breath to charge up the battle axe. Come like, oh, I see what we're doing. So he's get, you know, get it charged up and they work together and they take out Becca Godzilla. And I love that because again, we earned it. Like it, they really did a good build up to that fight. Mm-hmm. Also, I just love how they was like, teamwork makes to dream work. Uh, yeah. Let's use all this energy and let's focus it here. And so they do, they 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 get it. They get it. And then after afterwards, they just both kind of look at each other like, I'm going to let you rock. I'm not going to fight. Like, we ain't done, our business isn't settled. But right now we in a neutral space. Like, I'm, you know, like we in a, <laughs> like we in a truce right now.
0: Yeah.
1: But maybe next time I got beef. I don't know. Like, we'll discuss it later. We'll revisit it. But I'm gonna let you rock for now, because you did help me with the situation. The situation was dire, so they both go their separate ways. It's like a whole thing. It was just a lot. It was just a lot going on. But that's the that's the that's the series so far. There are going to be more, so we already know that. Yeah, I love that because that is an open ended like way to end that. They could be beefing still, so we might still get to see them fight each other, which would be cool. But they've also made it clear that there are more titans that have already been discovered. There are ones that the government has already found that we know exists, but have not been awakened or whatever. And then there's like also the possibility of them like having brand new ones. And now technically aliens, yeah. it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for like a new species to literally come from space. Cause Ghidorah technically is an alien, but they were just here before humans. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, Oh, it's a spacecraft. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. but they can, they actually can canonically have uh, alien species come. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a part of the story, and it wouldn't be weird because they've already established that it's possible. So I'm personally very into that.
0: Yeah. They're definitely going to have Kong and Godzilla team up like The Rock and Vin Diesel. You know, that rage, but we still are doing this thing. <laughs> right. Like, I ain't necessarily your friend. Right. But I, I
1: bucks with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see that how they... uh. How they built that relationship out because, like, yeah, they are creatures, but they obviously have a intelligence. Um, B. They have like emotional range, which is like one of the things I enjoy about these. Like, they give them personality. Yeah, if that makes sense. So that's a thing that I like. And so we did the we kind of did this out of order. So now we're gonna talk about the Rotten Tomato scores and just kind
0: of whether or not we agree with them. So um for 2014's Godzilla, the audience score was 66. Critics gave it a 76. Fresh um, Skull Island audience gave it 65. Critics gave it 75. Um, King of Monsters audience went with 83 and critics about 42. And Godzilla vs. Kong, the audience went 91 and the critics gave it 75.
1: Which is overall as a series, pretty solid yeah um king of monsters is not certified fresh it's the only one Mm -hmm. uh the critics did not like that one which is so interesting to me um because i mean i think it's enjoyable but i like it's still like that feels low to me like even with all the caveats of like not necessarily loving the, the plot um so that's interesting to me. Do you agree with the the scores
0: or like? Um, I agree with the audience scores on King of Monsters. To be honest, like I agree with Godzilla and Skull Island being kind of low because they were a little bit slower. You know, it's world building, mm-hmm. but I really do enjoy King of Monsters.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like Godzilla was there was but... so they did a good thing in Godzilla by giving us like a human anchor, uh, like our avatar or our like entry point into the story is Ford and like I like Aaron Taylor Johnson so it works for me but I can see it not working for people that's the thing like I can very much see people be like I don't care about this man um and I I know that for a fact, if it was not this actor, or like an actor I liked already, I would have been like, this is fine. We like, don't need this man. Uh, <laughs> so he didn't <laughs> like, he like heavy lifting, just me liking him as a person. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. The first two are slower. I think Skull Island has uh, the, like, they just do not have good characters <laughs> in terms of the human characters. And not even that they're bad characters, they just don't have enough time to establish any one character in any kind of way. So you yeah. really have no anchor characters, and no people to be like this is the, like, who I'm rooting for. This is who I'm, like, this is my, yeah. the person that I'm attaching my, like, emotional. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it is. That's a lovely thing, though, because Kong is is a character and has, like, a personality. And we kind of get to know him. And so, Kong is a really good character. So, that's good. But, again, a lot of people are, like, people are people.
0: So, in that sense, it reminds me of, um you know, the second Jurassic Park when there was just, like, so many characters around mm-hmm. that you're like, which one do I really focus on?
1: That's what factors into, I think, where people cannot connect with it as much. Um, whereas, to me, King of Monsters, see, the problem with King of Monsters is that there are characters that they, they just fucking stupid. And so you're like, I just cannot, fuck with, like, I cannot ride with you, like, as a character. I can't yeah. rock with you. <laughs> you're making dumbass decisions. Like, I can't be on the side of verify making character because I'm like, girl, what are you on? What right. are you talking about? And then the opposite is like her husband or ex-husband or whatever and like Monarch. And I think they are ultimately like who we're supposed to root for because they are rooting for Godzilla. So we're rooting for them in that way. But I'm also like, y'all are also kind of dumb. Uh, but it's also because Monarch is, they are with the military. It's like they exist, but they are t- in tandem with the military. And the military is always like, we're going to blow this shit up. And so it's like, again, I can't root for
0: y'all because y'all keep doing Super Steps. Yeah, radiation going crazy in this universe. Right. (laughs) Radiation everywhere.
1: Man. um, (laughs) Godzilla versus Kong is good with that because there are a lot of characters. But, so that's where they, they make a really good choice of having Gia. Because she, it's a child, and y'all just kind of, like, want to protect a child, right? Like, also, like, she's the last of her kind, which, again, if I didn't say it earlier, I'm going to say it now. It's very racist. I do not appreciate that just, like, literally washing away of that whole culture. Like, oh, it was, like, a hurricane, and everybody got, got, okay, fine. That's what y'all feel like y'all had to do for this story. Right. I'm not going to argue about it, because, like, at this point, I already know what y'all about, but I don't like it. <laughs> but, so, but, like, G is a really good character to be invested in and we didn't really talk much about madison being in this one because she is and she's a driving force of a lot of the story like she's how we discovered mechagodzilla because her brian tyree hearing whatever and her like her homeboy they go to apex they find something they take a little tube it goes all the way from florida to uh, hong kong it's like an underground tube that's when they discovered mechagodzilla before it gets the energy to become godora So, like, she's also, like, a character that we're we're supposed to be investing in because she was from the previous film. And I think that they do a good enough job of you having, like, oh, okay, I want want to know what happens. Like, I feel, you know. So they kind of narrow that down, give you characters to, like, and follow human characters. So they kind of fix the issue with, like, king of monsters and skull island of it being like i don't know who i'm supposed to like care about here because like and this one is like you obviously care about godzilla and kong but like you like also don't like i don't want gia to get hurt like i'm is very invested in her not getting hurt at all throughout this movie especially considering her history right having that character is very important because now i'm invested in in the story in a way that i would not be if it was hella random humans running around like oh godzilla and kong i agree with the scores for the most part i do think for the critics king of monsters is mad low and i would be curious to know what the specific qualms people have were, and if they kind of align with ours or if it... Because, again, we always just we also, like, let things fly because we enjoy other things. Like, I'm just willing to let certain things go because I'm like, I o- ultimately enjoy this. Whereas a yeah. critic job is to be like, no, this is a problem, right? So I'm going to let them nice. have it, but yeah, it does feel lower. <laughs> and... We're going to just go jump right into our rankings because you know how we do. So we're going to see our monsterverse films land on our mess meter. Um, we're using a scale of one to five five being the highest. And for this episode, we're judging on the following criteria. We're going with cast attractiveness. And this is obviously across all four films. Character design. We're going to be talking specifically about like the kaiju. So Godzilla Kong and the other monsters. Scientific unsound is my, my favorite, but like uh, how much sense does it make? So it's, t- it's called scientific unsoundness, but I always have to put the caveat that technically it's a higher score. If it's really scientifically sound and a lower score if it's really not scientifically sound. So I know it's technically should be called scientific soundness, but it's, it's like we coming from it, from a place of knowing it ain't scientifically sound. So whatever. Y'all, y'all know what it is. Y'all been here before. <laughs> and the final category, we're just calling it the booms and cacks. But we're gonna just talk about the fighting, the whole entire concept of the fighting. So like the monsters versus the monsters, and the humans versus monsters, because obviously we have a big military presence in all of the films. And like, what are they doing? How? What is that given? How are we feeling about those? So, starting at cast attractiveness, what do you? Rank the monster verse one of five of four and a half. And why what what is what why so
0: high is the point five? <laughs> what a, what is the point five given? The point five is for Skull Island <laughs> alone. <laughs>
1: yeah. The, the point five
0: <laughs> is for Skull Island alone.
1: Okay. I thought mine is four. And mine is because they just have too many damn characters. So it's so many of them. They, they can't all be cute, It's the thing about it. But we only remember the ones we like. But yeah, like, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson by themselves do so much. Aaron Taylor Johnson by himself does so much. Yeah, they raised the score really high. And they got Alex Garsgård again. They said, you know what? <laughs> like, let's just throw a little something said, in there. So they did. Good. But, like, y'all, like, like, it's a lot of other characters and y'all ain't gonna tr- play with me. So I'm, a, I'm sticking with my four. So the next one, character design.
0: Um, I gave it a Four across all films because um of course you know the later films they look much cooler and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. when you go to rewatch, you know skull island and the original godzilla the character design was lacking a little bit the first one godzilla was a real tick boy and um skull island um kong like you know it he he's an ape so i mean he looks like an ape but you know it it's not as cool as it is now. So I'm going to go with four.
1: I also went four. Um, and that's, again, across the whole series. Because I do think if we were starting. If we were only doing, like, the first Godzilla, it would probably be, like, a three. Just because it has a lack of detail. Like, at the time, I think it looked great. But they also, in dark they are very clear to like not over like give us too many opportunities to see those details. You know, I know what y'all are doing and I respect it because I'd much rather you kind of obscure the details than have it right. be super detailed but then that CG looks very bad whereas now <laughs> when I watch it, it looks good still because we can't see the details like we can't pick apart the details because they're not enough, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. it's vague on purpose.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, the later films get much more like the hair on Kong gets like much better. It's just like the eye stuff like that but like um my favorite thing about the character design for the especially the main so kong and um godzilla specifically is that they have emotion they're able to emote they are able to like show personality and like recognition and things that i think are like kind of minor in the broad scheme but like do so much for connecting them to the audience and like making them feel like real living characters so I like that. And I think they are, do a good job and it gets better. Because, yeah. like, again, by the last film, they are very emotive. Like, they are very, like, calculated. You can see them thinking and, like, planning and plotting. It is like they are given... Yeah, especially Kong. On top of the fact that he literally can... I don't think y'all even said it. Like, he literally knows sign language. And, like, yeah. everybody shook it. Because they're like, oh! Is he-? <laughs> Sign, you know, sign into to Gia, and Gia's like, yeah, me and him been signing for boom-bop-bop, bop. like, yeah. which is obvious, like, we, we kind of know what's going to happen, especially when they introduce a character that uses sign language, but it's also still, like, cool to see, like, hey, that's my boy. So, yeah, I think they do a great job of them being emotive, so, like, yeah, there are probably technical things you could pick apart in terms of, like, how they look or how they move, but I think the main thing is that they feel very real, and so that's why I give it a four. If it was, like, the last two movies, it would probably be, like, 4.5 or 5. Because I think they really do. Like, I rewatch these movies a lot. And none of them are, like, jarring to watch. Whereas certain things, when I watch them, I'm like, oh. Like, I bet this really went off in 2010 or whatever. But whenever (laughs) they came out. Whereas these are still at a place where, like, oh, this is fine. Like, I don't have a, like, I'm not taken out uh, of the story at all by the design of the character. Yeah. Scientific unsoundness. (laughs) Basically, 1 being it is extremely scientifically improbable and 5 being that it is extremely scientifically sound, which I know again the name is confusing, but whatever. We're we're doing it.
0: What is your score? <laughs> I know, well, I gave it a 4 and I know you don't agree with me, but I'm not a science girl and you know, for me, I feel like it it it's fine. It totally holds it. <laughs> And I give
1: it a three. And let me tell you, so much of that, like one whole point is taken away specifically just from the last film because they do so many things that don't make sense. Like, top to bottom. It was violent, but it was entertaining. Even the things that make sense don't even make sense. You see what I mean? Like, it's just nonsensical. But and like, over the whole thing, like, there are things that are logically sound. Like, I think the hollow earth theory, again, like I said, I believe that We don't know enough about a lot of stuff to have a, like, firm understanding of things. I'm like, yeah, that's very possible. But a lot of other stuff, (laughs) it just don't work for me. Especially, like, Godzilla's atomic breath. Like, I don't know. It can burn a hole straight to the core (laughs) of the planet. (laughs) But when it charges the axe, it don't blow the axe up. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. Like, it don't make sense. Like, it's that powerful to burn through earth and crust and rock and all that sediment, all that. But it can, it won't burn through this axe that's made of like, what? Like, no. Nah. So stuff like that. It's just stuff <laughs> like that. That don't make sense to me. And it's, here's the thing, though. I don't need it to make sense. So this is, yes, the, the score is lower. But in terms of my enjoyment of the film, it does not hurt the enjoyment of the film. But I can't in good conscience be like this is scientifically sound because it ain't from multiple levels. It just don't feel like science. It don't feel like it makes sense <laughs> to me. I'm not a scientist. Maybe a scientist gonna be like, hey, I listened to this episode and I, I disagree. That makes a lot of sense. And if that is the case, I would love to have you on because I need somebody to explain it. Several things. <laughs> uh, so if you are a scientist and you think that I'm being unfair and you want to explain how it makes sense, I urge you to contact us and like like hit us up on the bird or on wherever we at because i want to talk about it like i want to have a discussion but yeah if you was anxious, you want to fight me let's do it hit us up no okay fight. <laughs> have a conversation <laughs> <laughs> um so we already know they have another one so i'm not gonna ask if we want to see another one because yes we gonna be there you know how we know how we do um but I will ask, what is it that you want to see from, like, the next phase Wait, of these You didn't films? hit the booms and cacks. Oh, you're right. Because <laughs> I did, okay. Because I did the, you right, you right, you right, you right. Final category is the booms and cacks. Mm-hmm. What is your
0: ranking? The fighting systems. Um, I gave it a four, mostly because it was so cool looking, especially the new ones. Um, The choreography for it. Godzilla and Kong was on point, and it makes sense that the U.S.'s, you know, idea for everything is throw a bomb at it. So that's why I'm giving it a four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I gave so in a re- it's not rare, but like I gave it a five, and the why of it is like I said earlier, there is a lot of very intentional fight evolution happening with the main characters. So by the time we get to Godzilla versus Kong, we've seen both protagonists fighting in like different situations. Like we saw Kong fight against obviously people. I mean it's not even a fight. He just flicked them out the sky. He said, Y'all stupid. Whatever. But like against the skull crawlers, he had to like that technique like all his techniques were like not really working and he had to really struggle and figure out how to take take this monster down. And he did. Like he got there. But it wasn't an easy fight for him. Which I love. I love that they made it like a fight that he had to really could, like think about and like oh i need to strategize because my all my go-to moves are not quite working um and that was his that was the first time we see kong so i thought that was a really strong entry point for him and then in godzilla they do a good job i think of just the fights especially among the kaiju are always like again the first godzilla is deliberately kind of not detailed but i can still the fights are still very legible and i like the way that Godzilla adapts to who, what he's fighting and that obviously becomes more clear in the, in the next Godzilla film because he's going to get different kaiju that have different things and I like that the fight style adapts to what he's fighting but he also has like his signature things that he always tries and I'm gonna try it once and if it don't work I'll do something else so yeah to me I always like that throughout the films for Godzilla especially it's noticeable because it's you know we see him a little bit more fighting more variety of creatures I just like that the fight style evolves, and like he is actively learning and growing as a fighter, uh, which I think is like, it would be easy to overlook and just have him be do the same thing over and over and over, but like a slightly different twist. But I do feel like they adapted his fight style with who he's fighting. And also he gets better because he's fighting all these different types of creatures. And so by the final fight in the, and even just in the last film throughout the film, their fighting styles evolved based on their fights with each other. And so, it was like, you know, again, Kong got like, it was kind of a sucker punch. Like, he came out of nowhere, he got got, But he learned from that. You ain't gonna never do that again, bruh. Like, it ain't happening never again, because I didn't how you are. And so, it was like that constant evolution of like, okay, I know what you do, so I'm gonna do something different. And then both learning from each other, and then applying that in that last fight. So, I gave it a five, because mainly because there is, like, evolution in, like, the moves and the choreography that I think is... Would be easy to not do um because so much is happening it's like busy and like most people are just here for the spectacle but like that's what made it so like invigorating to watch it because i'm like i can see the fight like i can see it like two people fighting like the moves are so clear to me and like the <laughs> the strategy and like what they're doing makes sense like it feels thought out so yeah that's why i give it a five i think the fighting Especially like obviously the military gonna be what the military gonna be. They gonna throw a bomb at it. I I appreciate it, but I love how like the the actual kaiju you adapt to all of the things that happen influences how they fight the next time you see them. So every like by the next film, whatever you know, they gonna be doing some wild shit because. They have evolved from all the fights they've had. And they're like, we got to learn how to do this. They might have a shorthand now. cause like, we didn't did this now. We know. This is our this is our signature double team move. You know, like, we don't know. But I just like that. Mm-hmm. So they get a five. Like, that's a five for that. So that makes up for that low science score. It balances <laughs> out. So with that being said, the total is like, I'm around. So it's like 4.2. Yeah. Uh, Rounded. So like, we're going to say four. Out of five on a mess meter. Because we just round to the nearest. Which is, I mean, you know, our perfect, it's a good mess. We love it. Yep. Like, I think it has a perfect blend of all the things I love. Scientific unsoundness, fighting, very attractive people. Like, I'm with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, what are you excited (laughs) to see in the next one? I'm excited to see if they're going to kind of change course Especially when it comes to their POC folks, because murking all the um, brown folks is not a good look. So that's what I'm hoping happens next. Right, um, I,
1: I I agree. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I'm I'm just hoping for another cool story. Like I I don't have a whole plot point or anything I'm looking to follow. I just like seeing the big monster boys, so I'm down for whatever comes next. To be honest,
1: I want them to like like I know it doesn't make sense in the in this world to like not center the military because of course the military would be in the center of all this. But I don't feel like we as the audience have to be in that room with them. Like we know that the military gonna be there. Just had them show up and shooting shit, dropping bombs like they do. But like let us follow a character who is not coming from it from that perspective. Which they kind of slightly do. We have like Madison in the mm-hmm. last movie and like you know her and her buddies and they just out here. But like. You know, so I want that just to have them follow like people who are not obvious. And also, like you said, they need to like, they need to do right by POC, but they need to do right by their like Asian, Japanese characters and cast because exactly. i feel like they have them there and they want to like be like oh it's an homage and like we want to respect the source but also not really because you don't give those characters any kind of depth you don't make them pivotal to the story the same way like this random white person is and i don't appreciate it and like i do love that those characters tend to be like the ones that have respect and reverence for the kaiju and have a cultural oh you know we learn these stories about this this and this. But that also ends up kind of being a tokenization thing. And it also ends up being a slightly like weird a mystic thing. Like, oh, these, you know, in my culture, we have a belief about this. So it kind of others don't, those people further, like in this world, these are just a matter of fact at this point. Right. So we don't need that. Like, in this small village, they believe this, this and this. Making it sound like like, a
0: fairy tale when it's not. Right. (laughs) It sounds like
1: folklore. It sounds mystic. And it gives like it others the people that are like telling those stories because it makes it seem like it's like oh this like a i I can't quite explain i know what i'm saying i think y'all might get it but like it's just i want like if you have these characters i I feel like you should a have a lead who is asian i don't honestly feel like y'all need to keep following random white people i feel like you lean into it have an asian lead have them have yeah i mean might as well make another sarah y'all gonna keep doing this shit But have them be the star and have them be the person that the story is of like somebody who's like oh I lost my uncle and my dad because of these kaiju,
0: yeah and I want to
1: prove that they're not all good or something and he's like something like that I don't know what the story gotta be but I really feel like y'all need to fix y'all's representation in terms of like having these characters like not just having them be there but have them be there and be important and be like center and to actually have a chance to like influence the story and move the plot other than to be like the person that says got like the same Ivan thing like godzilla ain't killed us yet they are fine thumbs up so that's, <laughs> so that's what they made like that's what they end up making like sarah's i would do is just, like the person that's like cheerleading godzilla which of course because he has an understanding of like that hierarchical you know like the natural order of things and why godzilla is necessary on earth mm-hmm. or whatever but it's like that's what he ends up being like i'm just a cheerleader for godzilla so much so that he died to bring godzilla you know to help him heal from that getting blowed up yeah and it's like that's too much because like they make him a deity they make godzilla a deity which is that can be a story like how people like start building cults or you know religions around these creatures and like what they do in service of that that could be a story but that's not what they're doing they just like oh he fucks with Godzilla heavy. Like that's what it <laughs> ends up being. So not we not that. We don't want that. Yeah. That was that's my main thing. But like in general, just like like wiping out the whole that whole indigenous tribe. Like, mm, y'all. Yeah, was okay. A mess. There is no reason for it. So yeah, let's just not do that at all. Like let's not do any of that anymore. Period. <laughs> but yeah, so with that being said, that was our monsterverse, yeah. Uh our monsterverse mess Makeup recording. <laughs> there we go. That's what it's called now.
0: So, okay, fam, you made it to the India episode. We see you. And hey, we weren't just talking to each other, we were talking to y'all. We want to hear from you. Do you agree with us? Who's your favorite thick boy, Godzilla or Kong? Or one of the others? Are you anti human? Do you like Ghidorah? Let us know. Hit us up at TSWDL Pod on the Bird. The same handle for the gram. And if you like the ghetto, like we know some of y'all do, hit us up on Facebook. All right. See you next episode. Peace.